Can Walker White beat out Peyton Thorne this spring? You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We're dapping it up. On this Wednesday with Daryl Dappage, Montgomery Radio legend, hanging out with us. And we'll talk about our differing opinions on the transfer wide receivers. We'll talk about Jeremiah Cobb, a guy we've not talked about a ton this offseason. And uh, what he may look like in this running back room that returns everyone, Daryl. But Walker White, he's got some momentum. Right now, man, with all of the recruiting services putting up their final rankings of the 2024 class, Walker White catapulting up there, number five quarterback in this class, just a few spots behind what would kind of give him that five-star status, Daryl. Can he take this momentum and challenge Peyton Thorne to be the starter as a true freshman this spring? Last we heard, Hugh Freeze publicly say, you know, when he made comments about the quarterback position, as he said, it was wide open. He said it was wide open with Hank Brown playing well at the end of the bowl game and with uh, and with Walker White coming in. I I don't think this is just a gimme for Peyton Thorne anymore. I have pivoted on this uh, like I have a couple other times in the last two weeks, but a lot of times that's due to new information and you have to be that way. You have to be flexible and be open-minded and say, okay, I thought this, but these factors changed it. So for me, yeah. what changed why I believe Walker White could win this job is a couple of things. Number one, what he looked like in the Under Armour All-Star game. When I made the declaration a month ago that I didn't think he would or that it was Peyton Thorne's job to lose, we didn't see what he looked like in the Under Armour game. That's the first thing. The second thing is, yes, you get this extra star. So he's he's coming on in a way of how he's being viewed. But I also went back and remembered, and something dawned on me that didn't dawn on me a month ago, and that is okay. in 2019, a freshman quarterback by the name of Bo Nix came in and started for Auburn. Now, granted, there wasn't a Peyton Thorne on the roster back in 2019. Right. But still, it's not like it's – I automatically are dismissive of things like that because I think a little too much old school. It's a different age of college football. Freshmen can contribute and start and play right away. Bo Nix is an example of that. Yeah. I think Walter White is so smart. Having the spring and going through A-Day, I think he could do it. Yeah, Walker White is an interesting guy. I mean, he's been so savvy, and it's clear that he and Hugh Freeze already have a relationship. It's clear that he is Hugh Freeze's quarterback at some point in the future of Auburn football, unless something really drastically bad happens. But I think there's going to be several position groups where this coaching staff says, eh, let's just go young and deal with the growing pains because this 2024 class is so talented. It's so athletically gifted, and they are going to be so good and so crucial for laying the groundwork of what the Hugh Freeze era could be over the next few seasons. We all agree on that. But we talk about that with the defensive line. We talk about that with the wide receivers. And, I mean, we may even see it at linebacker and defensive back as well. There's a lot of holes in the roster where we thought they would address them via the portal. They didn't do that, really. They, they got a few bodies here and there at the defensive line and all that. But they, they really didn't patch all of the holes that they have because I think they're going to go young and say, hey, 
we are okay with dealing with the growing pains and let's give these guys um, let's give these young guys a chance to succeed early. They're going to make some mistakes, but they're also going to have moments where we're like, yes, yes, if we can get this more consistently, it's going to be really, really exciting. Why not do that at quarterback with Walker White? We've seen the throws that he can make. We've seen his ability to use his massive frame and massive size to his advantage, both in positioning himself to, to make throws and also as, as a runner. And we've seen you know, how effective a quarterback who can run, what that can look like in a Hugh Freeze style of offense. So can Walker White come in and beat Peyton Thorne as a true freshman? I think he can. You know, I don't take this the wrong way, but when I am about to make a point with you and ask you a question and throw it back to you, and you actually verbalize what's in my brain, a little bit scary. So that that is pretty pretty what I want to say is when you were talking about riding with the freshmen, living yeah. and die with the freshmen, right. I was going to ask you the question that you have since answered. So great for me and you having that brain melt thing going. How about that? What is there that's a key indicator that happened in the offseason that tells you they probably are going to more likely ride or die with the freshmen? And you answered it. It's the portal. The, the secret lies in the portal. If Auburn was not willing to do that, I definitely think they would have been more active in the transfer portal. And they used it to plug a few holes, but not to reconstruct a roster like they did last year. That tells me they're counting on more freshmen. And what was the position that everybody clamored for or got rumors of? Quarterback. Happened. Quarterback. And did they do it? No. no. Why not use that same formula with the quarterback position that you're going to use at wide receiver and say, let's play the young guys, unless the, you're Peyton Thorne's the dude. The, the pushback to that is it does appear that they tried. It does appear that they tried to swing for the fences. Riley Leonard early was rumored, and it seemed like those conversations did happen before he ended up at Notre Dame. Cam Ward was another guy. Um, so... And that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of these transfer quarterbacks. It's like, okay, I think a lot of these guys are in the same sphere, same tier as Peyton Thorne. And so I would almost rather go with one of the guys that's on campus and let's just deal with the growing pains and and accept that the upside is coming because I don't want to say it's all about 2025 because 2024, I do think Auburn can overachieve. I do think Auburn can win nine or 10 games in 2024 if things go the right way. But I think Auburn's a playoff team in 2025. I I, I really do. And I, I think if you go ahead and get a quarterback that's going to be on the 2025 roster and build around them, if it's Walker White, if it's Hank Brown, even if it's Holden Gurner, even though he doesn't really seem to be part of these conversations as much as he was a year ago. And I do think that's interesting. We'll discuss that over the course of spring, I'm sure. But I'm fine dealing with the growing pains at quarterback. I, I really am. And I also think, Daryl, I also think if you're Hugh Freeze, you shouldn't worry about this a ton, but it does need to be in your mind somewhere as far as winning favor of the fan base. I think the fan base is going to be way more patient if you start a Walker White or a Hank Brown versus you starting a Peyton Thorne, especially if Peyton looks like he did at the start of last season. I think that the argument that Auburn tried and therefore getting a pushback on what we just said isn't a valid one. Let me okay. tell you why. 
I think they half-heartedly tried. I mm. think they did what my favorite Major League Baseball team does because they have no money, and they act like they wanted to offer somebody in free agency. So they look at the fan base and go, <laughs> we tried. Yeah. But yet, you know, if Auburn really, really wanted Riley Leonard, I just believe that Auburn would have offered what or matched what Notre Dame did and would have gotten Riley Leonard. I think he was his to lose. Cam Ward, different situation. So I think they kind of threw out a scenario where they, you know, maybe put their toe in the water or looked at or offered, but never really went all in so that they could say, you know, we we, we looked at this quarterback, we tried, it just wasn't a good. I don't believe that it was 100% their heart in it like it was last year and like they've done with other positions. I really don't. I think it was just to look, it was, it was window dressing is what yeah. I think. Maybe. And, and so that tells me that either A, they thought they had a guy on their roster that wasn't so much of a drop-off from a guy like Leonard. Um, I don't agree with that, but if that's what they think with Peyton Thorne and getting new – you know, because what was the argument we heard? We're going to put weapons around him so he'll look better. Don't yeah. judge him on what he had last year. And then the other argument was he'll look better in a Hugh Freeze college offense. That's great. Both those are true. Both of those are true, but I also yeah. think Hank Brown opened some eyes, and I do believe Hugh Freeze is a Walker White believer. So when he says it's an open competition, here's my here's what I think you can take to the bank, or not take to the bank, my bold prediction. Walker White is going to open some eyes and absolutely get some people talking about this quarterback position being possibly his during A-Day. You watch what happens during A-Day when he starts slinging it all over the yard like he did in that all-star game, and people are like, wow. And the wow factor comes. That dude is going to yeah. lay down a narrative after the A-Day game. Yeah, and I think the baby goat. I think Hank Brown will be in that conversation as well. So can Walker White win the quarterback job? Yeah. Yeah, yes. he can. I certainly think he can. So we'll discuss uh, what is going to happen with these transfer wide receivers, Daryl and I are a little bit in different places on this. We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friend at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The NFL uh, postseason, it, man, it's here. It's here as far as conference championship games. So if you think the Detroit Lions can pull off an upset or if you think the Kansas City Chiefs can pull off an upset, you need to head over to FanDuel. Right now, it's the best time to join because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. They've got live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays. They've got it all over at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on to make that first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Daryl Dapper is joining us. We are dapping it up on this Wednesday. Let's go. Let's go. All right. The transfer wide receivers. And this is a position group where we talked about it, right? There were holes in the roster at several spots, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, and defensive back. And it's like, okay, what were they going to do via the portal to address these things? Well, from the wide receiver point of view, they went out and got Sam Jackson the fifth, Who's really a quarterback that's switching to wide receiver from Cal. And then Robert Lewis, who, as soon as he entered the portal, he was tied to Auburn. It was an early favorite, and they got that taken care of very, very quickly. 
reasonable expectations for these guys. And I'm just so cautious to put a lot of faith in a transfer wide receiver right now based off of what happened a year ago. I yeah, just you got toasted. You got burned. I, a I got bit toasted <laughs> so bad. And granted, yeah. you can look at the details and the supporting arguments of like it is different. Like Robert Lewis coming over. I'm not going to say the same for Sam Jackson, but Robert Lewis coming over is different. Like he has production, he has explosive capabilities, and he's done it. He's done it at, you know, a solid level of college football. And he's coming over before spring. Of the transfer wide receivers last year, the only one that came over before spring, if my memory serves correctly, was Nick Mardner. And he was with the ones pretty much every chance that we saw. Then it seemed like he got hurt and then never really put it together and didn't really ever get any kind of production in an actual game. So you can look at that and say, well, the Jair Shorter and the Shane Hooks and the Caleb Burton, who peaked later in the year, obviously, those guys came after spring and they didn't have the same qualifications as Robert Lewis did. But still, until I see it, I'm going to be a little cautious. You know, uh, if you got burned on the transfer portal receivers, I got singed on my belief on Cam Brown. I mean, I I, I, yeah. I know what that feels like. So I, I should be a little cautious with this and pump the brakes and not bug. But I had an opportunity to watch Robert Lewis play a whole game on ESPN Plus because he was playing Troy. And I have some Troy ties there and so i watched the game and i was like this dude he's killing them i mean and troy had a good defense yeah, you know sure. so i saw him play every snap where i didn't see hooks and shorter and Mardner. i just didn't even i just went by stats Mardner, i, I mean you uh, saw hooks didn't you didn't you call a game oh that's right i did i called i called the alabama state jackson state game yeah that's okay. right he looked good too that's yeah. right i forgot about that i did see him so it was Mardner and shorter that i never saw um Lewis and still uh, have know, it really correct. I'm still looking. Uh, I'm still looking. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so I, you know, and then the Sam Jackson thing. Yes, I never saw him at, at receiver, but I I came out of that Cal game so impressed with him how he fought and almost brought Cal back, and he was dynamic yeah. with his legs. I think he's very undervalued and under underrated, and I'm going to look like an idiot probably next year. But I think he contributes and gives more than Auburn fans or other national pundits or people projecting transfer portal things give him. I, I do right. think he's going to help. Uh, but me, I think Lewis is going to be one of the top three receivers, yards and reception-wise, for Auburn next year. Top three. Yep. Wow. I do. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. More overall production, and you can you – can you can categorize this as actual stats and you also can categorize it as like impact, right? Okay. Robert Lewis or Caleb Burton? Robert Lewis. Wow. Yes. I love Burton. I love Burton. But again, Lewis has done it at a at the best group of five conference in America. It's like a All power right. six conference. And I've seen him do it against Power five schools. Too. All right. What about uh, Robert Lewis or Jay Fair? Robert Lewis. Robert Lewis or Bryce Kane? Robert Lewis. In 2024, Robert Lewis or Perry Thompson? Robert Lewis. So There's you have two. him behind everybody but Coleman and Fairweather? Correct. Okay. Absolutely. I have him right. three. I have Burton four in a very close race with Lewis. But I think at the end of the day, now the dynamics or the metrics are we – 
basing this off touchdowns, sure. receptions, or receiving yards. You know, there's three different categories when you look yeah, at I'm just overall talking about production. Overall, overall yeah. impact. Yeah. I think okay. I think he's third. I think he's third behind Fairweather and Coleman. All right, Sam Jackson the fifth or Coy Moore in 2024. <laughs> Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson the fifth or Jay Fair. Jay Fair. Okay. Sam Jackson or Camden Brown. Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson or Bryce Kane. Ooh. Gosh, I'm going to go with Kane because of all I've heard in the spring and sure. people can't stop talking about him. It's, it, you know, it's like, and he's such a, a, a bloomer, a guy that's just going to explode on the scene, in my opinion, that's so underrated as well and just getting better and getting better. So yeah, Kane by a nose there. Did it, Sam Jackson or Perry Thompson, did I ask you that one? You I don't did think not. Did. Uh, uh, whew, Thompson. Barely. So you have Sam Jackson as like your eighth receiver on this roster. Uh, I think that I have him maybe sixth or seventh, but I think people are probably projecting him as 10th is why I think he's going to overachieve and surprise some people. Got it. You know what I'm saying? I think people have already said that everybody you just mentioned, everybody you had me rank him against, I think the, the general consensus was all those dudes were ahead of him. And I think he's ahead of three of those guys that you said, therefore, overachieving and being a little bit more valuable than mm -hmm. people think. I didn't say he'd be a top three guy, top five guy, but if he's projected to be the 10th best receiver in his sixth or seventh, he's surprised some folks, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. If he's sixth or seventh in receiving next year, that would that'd be a win. That'd be a win. With the upside of growing into some kind of gadget guy and being a, a larger piece of the offense – in 2025, because he's got multiple years left, I do believe. So, okay. There are two specific, and I could be wrong. It'll be interesting to see if this comes to fruition. There are two specific plays that I've seen Auburn run in the past under Hugh Freeze that Sam Jackson is absolutely well-suited for. The bubble screen and the jet sweep. But I'd rather give those touches to Bryce Kane. I know you would, but do, do we – does you freeze go out and get a dude like that if he doesn't think he's going to utilize him, especially if he thinks he's a comfort zone? Now, let me throw this caveat out there. Is he directly tied to touches based upon if Thorne's the quarterback because of the chemistry that they've shown in the past and the history they have? I don't think no. so. It's, if Walker White's out there, Hank Brown's out there, will he get the same amount of touches he would if Peyton Thorne's out there? That's something that would be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't think it's tied, um, at least not yet. We'll see how the groupings work in practice whenever we get windows in spring and all that. But I think grouping a receiver success based off of a quarterback, like that's not a recipe that I want to see mm -hmm. personally. So, uh, all right. What happens with Jeremiah Cobb with all of these running backs returning? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. I want to encourage you to check out our exclusive content that, uh, that I'm putting up on my Instagram, at Z Blackerby on Instagram. Separate video content, um, kind of an extension of this show. We're also putting up some of them on YouTube shorts as well here on this channel, so be sure to check that out. All right, Jeremiah Cobb obviously returns with the rest of the running back room. Jarquez Hunter, Brian Batty testing the portal waters out for five minutes and coming back. John Jackson, Damari Austin, Jeremiah Cobb. Same group. Same group. Jeremiah Cobb did not get as many touches last year as I thought he would, but boy, when he did, he made them 
count. I can't imagine his role staying the same size. It has to be larger. The, the issue with that is you can say the same about Jarquez Hunter coming back. You can say the same about Damari Austin staying. And then you know, Brian Batty, he may be the guy that's left out, especially if he's so vocal or needed in the return game, which is mm -hmm. great. You need that for sure. Um, maybe don't return everything, but still, like you like him back there. My thing is with this is I think Auburn's going to run the ball at a lower percentage this year than they did a year ago because of the receivers that they have on the roster and Hugh Freed's calling plays. Now, I think they're going to run more plays on offense in 2024 than they did in 2023 because you hope that they're better on third down. If not, we've got a major problem. and. I think the defense is going to really feel the strain of that. But it's just how many touches are there to go around and how can you feed Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin, and Jeremiah Cobb all at an effective rate? That that's a that's a good question. It's a good issue that Auburn has, but I do I am curious on how that's going to work out. The first indicator will be even though Batty comes back, does his touches, overall touches go down from even what they were last year? And I think they do. I think a guy like Cobb eats up his touches. Number two, the word touches is key here because mm. even if Hugh Freeze decides to throw it more, run less this year than last year, um, you can still incorporate Jeremiah Cobb, who's a very good receiver coming out of the backfield, to still get touches but just in the passing game. Like, I think Hunter and Cobb become your two most viable options catching yes. the ball out of the backfield. I Agreed. think that's better than Austin. You run some wheel routes with Cobb. You know, that jet sweep we saw, the almost score touchdown, some, some screen passes, especially the one, the play I love the most was where they kind of roll to the right and they throw that backside screen against the grain. Yeah. The Lutzy play is what I would call it, where everybody sure. is flowing one way. Jeremiah Cobb can eat on that play. I mean, because he's got a bigger burst than Hunter. He gets to the next level quicker than Jarquez Hunter does. He's a little bit more shifty and, and explosive. Now, Hunter you know, can still make you miss in the open field, but I think Cobb's has a burst. When you run that play, any backside screen, any backfield screen, the burst is needed. Um, I think that that's going to be his bread and butter. And I also would love to see him you know, run the wheel route, um, and it's it's been open a lot in Auburn history. <laughs> it's been overthrown. Wheel route's always open. Darryl. It's always open. It's been overthrown by Bo Nix to number 22, uh, Harold Joyner. I mean, it was just, you know, that, that still haunts me in my sleep, that play. But yeah. the wheel route's there, and I think that Cobb is the kind of guy that can really eat with that route because he can beat linebackers, he can beat safeties, he's got good hands, and he's good downfield. So – those kind of plays for him, adding him into that mix will will increase his touches. And so, you know, I think that that'll keep him engaged. Harold Joyner coming up on the show. I thought that yeah. was uh I yeah. thought that was a done deal. How about that? How about yep. that? Um, yeah, I, I think we're in a, an agreement here. I love the potential mismatch of Cobb being covered by a linebacker. Mm. Hunter, like I think Hunter could be covered by a linebacker. And it's still like you'd rather have Jarquez Hunter in that matchup. But the speed and burst that you talk about with Cobb, I think that's really where you look at you know, if you're Coach Freeze and you're sitting in the in the, you know the film room making a game plan with new offensive coordinator Derek Nix and you see 
a linebacker whose first step may be a little sluggish, that's something that you circle early in the game plan, especially on third down, maybe even in the red zone, which is where we've seen Cobb be used and be extremely effective. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that observation by you, Darryl. I'll say something really else, do. too. Uh, on that, and this is where Derek Nix and Hugh Freeze can get in their bag. Off that route, I have seen so many good offensive coordinators, and Auburn hasn't had the kind of receiver to be able to do this, to run a backside slant post to the middle of the field off that. So meaning the safety goes with Cobb or the linebacker goes with Cobb down the field. Then you run that elite wide receiver on a slant underneath that. He catches it and he runs for big yards. A Coleman is a dude that can yeah. run that route. And I could just – now you have options. That 15-yard slant, he catches it, boom, gone, while the rest of the defense is being taken downfield with Cobb, if Cobb hits that a few times. The, 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 the opportunities are limitless. They are. They are. And I think Auburn's close to fielding a team that's finally going to put stress on opposing defenses. Like, you don't want defensive backs and guys in coverage to ever feel comfortable when they're defending you. And I think they have at Auburn when they've played Auburn over the last five years. And that's changing. When you're a defensive back and you've got to worry about Cam Coleman embarrassing you or Evaldo Fairweather going to be like, could he run over you at any second? Or, oh my goodness, if I take a wrong step, Jeremiah Cobb or Jarquez Hunter are going to run past me or Bryce Kane's going to run past me. There's starting to actually be threats on offense that you have to focus on. You've got to think about if you're a defender. And I say it over and over and over again. I've said it since I've started this show five years ago, however long it's been. You want to make opposing defenders make as many decisions as possible because eventually they're going to make the wrong one or they're going to hesitate. And it only takes half a second when you've got elite players like Auburn is slowly adding to this roster. And so putting those guys in situations where they've got to make decision after decision after decision Cam Coleman will eventually beat you. Jarquez Hunter and Jeremiah Cobb, they will eventually beat you. And, and that's that's how you create these massive plays. And and I think this, uh, I think the offensive side of the ball is getting so close to that, Daryl. And it's gonna be so fun when they get back to that point. It's the chicken or the egg argument. People for years have screamed, why is Auburn's route tree so elementary and not so do well, I think personnel dictates that. I think you you couldn't run anything elaborate from a route tree standpoint because you may, didn't have the route runners, the speed guys, the personnel to do it. So you can't do it. It's not, it's like I said, it's chicken or egg. I think Auburn now has a scenario where four receivers going out running elaborate routes. Cause I do believe, like I said before, Nick's. Derek Nix knows how to scheme guys open. He yes. definitely knows how to scheme running backs open as a running yes. back coach. And that's where Cobb and Hunter are going to eat. Fairweather, sitting down in the zone after 20 yards, finding that soft spot that's going to be created with Coleman and Thompson running routes. And can't, look, Burton, who's shown the ability to run beautiful slants and catch the ball in traffic over the middle, which Auburn hasn't had for years. I'm just telling you the opportunities and the options are limitless in my mind, and I'm not an offensive coordinator. How many times have we seen the slant off the, the the read option that's there every single game for every other offense we play against? It's like taking candy from a baby, that 10-yard slant after you fake the ball to the running back. Auburn couldn't run it because dudes were dropping the ball. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it hits him in the chest, they drop the ball. That'll change. Yeah. Everything else will open up on the outside. Daryl Dabbridge, how can people check out everything that you've got going on, buddy? You can follow me on X, dap 6410 uh, on with you, uh, uh, you know, on Friday mornings. Uh, love that. After basketball games, we go live, regardless of what time the tip is. Got a huge one tonight, Daryl. Yes, yes, huge one against Alabama. We will be there live. 
hopefully to bask in the glow of an Auburn I victory. So. I hope so. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. Please subscribe to the channels growing like crazy during the offseason. We really appreciate you for that. Of course, at Defensive Coordinator News Pops, um, we will try our best to go live and put up a show very, very quickly. So be sure to click that subscribe button. It really helps the channel out. Like this video as well. We will see you later this evening. And of course, also tomorrow, right here on Locked On Auburn.